Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our service online. And uh, it's really always a privilege to be able to bring you the Word of God despite the times that we are in that we can't necessarily gather as we would have wanted to. But um, the Word of God is not on lockdown and so we're sharing this with you hoping that it will minister to you um, I just want to also highlight the fact that on Mondays we do pray together. It is a time where we want to encourage everybody in their prayer life, make sure that our anxiety levels are well dealt with because of our prayer life. And so uh, that's an encouragement we want to give. And then also, um, in light of everything that's happening with the COVID-19 numbers and stuff, it is so important that you and your family keep safe. Uh, make sure that uh, you continue to wear your mask as a protection for yourself and uh, also that you'll uh, do your social distancing, sanitize, um, and um, yeah, just take those precautions. It is something that we want to encourage you in the process of while we're learning about divine healing. And so today we continue with our series that we started last week called Jesus the Healer on Divine Healing. And uh, we spoke last week about the reason why we're starting this series. The first reason was because the Bible teaches about healing. And um, the second one is because Jesus taught it and lived it. He demonstrated it in his ministry. And uh, since we are only uh, an extension of the ministry of Christ as the body of Christ, we will not have a ministry that looks very much different from his. And hence the fact that that healing is included therein. And then uh, another reason that we're we're doing this series is because Satan has misrepresented God. And many times uh, sickness has been equated with the work of God, whereas actually the person behind it from the beginning was Satan in the way that he has brought sickness and death into creation. We spoke about that last week as well. And then another reason, the fourth reason, is because pastors have misrepresented God. And I say this because many times it's just out of ignorance. Uh, many times it's, um, it might be malicious, but there are many who have said, no, healing has passed on with the apostles. It's a dispensation now where we don't need healing anymore because we've got the scriptures, and yet the scriptures are the ones that point to healing in this time. And then the other misrepresentation that we've heard from pastors is uh, a lot of condemnation against people who have not managed to get healed, and uh, they've they've somehow relegated to them to being cursed or something being wrong with them. And so we want to share this time in this series uh, on how to get healed and why healing is essential and why Jesus has done it so that we, we bring that middle way to say this is what the Word of God teaches. And the, the, the last key reason why we're doing this series is because God is a Father who heals. He says in the Word of God in the Gospels, if you being evil as parents know how to give good things to your children, how much more? Will God not not be a blessing and give good things to those who ask? And so I really just want to have a short recap concerning what we covered last week. Um, the first principle that we touched on is that God is a life giver. The second one is that uh, God designed us for long life. And what's also quite unique about this aspect is the fact that we have an immune system. So God designed us with um, 
in our bodies a system that fights disease and fights uh, all sorts of invasions and bacteria, etc. And that is not just because of evolutionary um, um, developments, that is because God actually designed us for long life. And then the third principle, we spoke about the law of sin and death and where disease comes from, where death comes from, if God created everything so wonderfully. Then the fourth principle was the law of um, the principle of amputation, explaining why we see in the Old Testament as if God is using disease or, or, or as if God is actually bringing judgments and curses um, in a space where we are understanding that he's good and he's trying to, to actually bring life. And we spoke about that. Please go back to the previous message if you missed that. It really explains so much of what we see in the Old Testament. And then the last principle was the law of the spirit of life that sets us free from the law of sin and death. And so today... We're going to be dealing with the second week, which is about how Jesus paid for healing. The following week will be on how to minister healing. And then the fourth week will be on how to receive healing and stay healthy. And here we're not talking about dieting and eating right and, and greens and herbal life and things like that. We're talking about um, divine health through the word of God. And so before we start, I just want to pray for us, and then we'll get into our message this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void, but that it will accomplish that for which it was sent. And Father, as we are dealing in this time with this series on healing, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'll confirm your word, that people will be touched and will be healed during this time. And Father, that many lies will fall away so that people can be set free by the truth. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so it is very important that we understand that healing has been made available on the cost that was paid by Jesus. Now, I want us to look at a prophecy that starts in the book of Genesis because Jesus is the fulfillment of the word of God. The, the book of John, the epistle of John, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And so Jesus is a manifestation of the prophecies of the Old Testament and the law of God. Now, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 says this, and this is after um, Adam and Eve sinned against God, and God is, is uh, bringing out judgments and pronouncing certain curses. And he says here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And so here we see this pronouncement that God makes concerning the serpent in relationship to human beings and how there will be enmity between Satan and mankind. And yet the prophecy is that the, the, the son of the, the, the offspring of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent while the serpent will bruise the heel of the child of the woman. This was actually a prophecy that God was pronouncing about how Christ was going to come and deal with the fall of man at the expense of his body, at the expense 
of his death. And so it is important that we take note of this as we see how Christ is coming to reverse what was done in the beginning by the first Adam. We can look here at the first John chapter 3 verse 8 where it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so we understand that the reason why Jesus came was not just to start a religion. Jesus didn't come just to be a good moral teacher, some kind of prophet. He is the son of God who is sent into the earth in order to be the second Adam who reverses the curse and reverses the effects of what was done in the beginning consistent with the prophetic word that God had spoken. Now, there's a second prophecy more particular to healing that we need to look at, and Jesus comes to fulfill it. We'll see it in the New Testament. But this is a prophecy that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, and many times this is the place where the Jewish people struggle because they anticipated that their Messiah was going to be a great leader, and yet this prophecy here speaks of uh, the, the Messiah actually going through what Jesus experienced. So let's read together here Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 1. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised, verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the beatings for our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. This is amazing. So this prophecy is spoken thousands of years before the Messiah arrives. And Isaiah speaks this concerning Christ. And one of the key areas that is important to highlight is this part in verse 4 and verse 5, where it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and, our, and carried our sorrows, Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. And verse, then verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now based on this prophecy, Jesus comes on the scene, and it is important that we begin to pick it up in the New Testament. The first principle that we want to bring in here is that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. He is the fulfillment of the word of God, and God brings his word into creation in order to fulfill his will. We are reading here in Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. Please keep in mind Isaiah 53 as we read this one. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, it says, 
And when Jesus entered Peter's house, this is Peter the disciple, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. Verse 15, he touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. Verse 16, that evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word or the demons with a word and healed all who were sick. Hallelujah. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Now, this is interesting because Isaiah didn't say that. <laughs> if we go back to, to Isaiah 53, it says that he carried our griefs in verse 4. He carried our griefs. He, born, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But Matthew, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, replaces those words with illnesses, sicknesses, and diseases. Saying that the Messiah was going to come and the, 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 the griefs that he was going to bear and the sorrows that he would bear and carry were going to be sicknesses, diseases, and he was going to bear them in his own body. And it says he took them. And so Jesus in his ministry throughout would heal the sick as a prominent part of his ministry. Now it is important that you understand that Jesus used to say, he said this, I do nothing except I see my father doing it. And so Jesus fulfilling this and healing the sick is actually showing that God is healing the sick. God is doing that. In the book of Acts, it says how Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So firstly, we must understand the first principle is Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets, which was the will of God. Then the second principle is that all sufferings, all the sufferings of Christ were for us, were for us. In Isaiah 53, it says that we, we esteemed him stricken. This is in verse 4. We esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. This is the principle of substitution. We must understand that Jesus Christ was not on the cross. He was not whipped. He was not bruised because of his own sins. Even the, the man who was crucified next to Jesus said to, 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 to the other criminal, we are here because we are guilty for what we've done. But this man is innocent. Even Pilate said, I found nothing wrong with this man. And so Jesus was innocent and he was like a lamb to the shearer. If you take um, the rest of Isaiah 53, you see even more revelation concerning Jesus. Jesus was not carrying his own sins. He was not there because of his own sins. He was there for us. And this is so important because this will make us passionate about being healed. 
Why? Because the price has already been carried and it has already been paid. What a waste it would be for Jesus to bear our sicknesses and our diseases and for us to continue to carry them as if it somehow honors God. And so it is very important that we understand this. All the sufferings of Christ were for us. Everything that Jesus did, even the fact that he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, Father, why have you forsaken me? That he felt rejection from God so that we could feel the acceptance of the Father. Now going on into the New Testament, we look here at the epistle of Peter, the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, verse 24. And this is the same Peter whose mother was healed of a fever. And then it says that this is the manifestation of the fulfillment of Isaiah 53, that he bore our sicknesses. And this is what Peter says in verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, on the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now you will notice here that Peter puts it in the past tense. Whereas Matthew writes of it and says he took our illnesses and bore our diseases. And then Isaiah's prophecy says that by his stripes we are healed, looking forward. But Peter puts it in the past and says that we were healed. This is amazing. It means that the payment for our healing was done in the past. There is no place where God is now choosing whether to heal people or not. How can you choose to do something that you've already done? By his stripes, we were healed. Not we are going to be healed. We were healed. So in God's mind, you were healed. In God's mind, he made provision so that you could be completely free of sickness and disease. And his son paid for it. And so the exchange that was done is our sins for his righteousness, our sickness for his healing or for his Life. Now, John chapter 19, verse 1, and this is usually when we watch the Jesus movie, we see how Jesus is taken away. At John chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Or other versions say that he had him scourged. Now, this is what Pilate was trying to do in order to appease the Jews and the Jewish leaders so that they could say, all right, at least he, he flogged him so he doesn't have to, they don't have to, to, to crucify him. And yet afterwards they crucify him. So this flagellation, this flogging of Jesus is specifically tying to the stripes that are spoken about in Isaiah 53. And the Romans used to call it verberatio. And what happened during the flogging of Jesus was something that is so inhumane. They, they would use what they call a cat of nine tails, which has a rod or it's made of leather and it has a rod part. And then it spreads into about nine, nine um, uh, sort of 
um, lashes of, of, of uh, leather. And attached to those are bones and all sorts of uh, pieces of metal and pieces of marble. And what's supposed to happen is, and hooks. And so what's supposed to happen is when a person gets flogged with that, it rips out skin and it opens up the flesh and the arteries and the veins. It is something that is supposed to almost kill you. It was so inhumane that it wasn't legal for it to be done to Roman citizens. It was considered to be demeaning. It was supposed to be done when a, a person is, is, is stripped of their clothes. And in the movies that we see, usually people have some kind of that underwear thing that they have. But in Rome, there is no such thing for a criminal. You, you are stripped naked. And what it happens is the public watches and then you get flogged with that. You get flogged with that. And the, the Roman soldiers are doing it with such a passion because it shows the might of the Roman Empire. This was something that was only deserving to criminals. It was only deserving, deserving to, to slaves because Roman citizens were not allowed to be flogged in this way. And Jesus, the Son of God, who came full of love, grace, and truth, and he healed the sick and raised the dead and cleansed the lepers. He was full of compassion. Jesus, who was the innocent son of God, was subjected to the flagellation and the flogging. For what reason? He was not guilty of any sin. And yet they flogged him and flogged him until he was bleeding on every side. I remember watching the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's movie. And the part which was most striking to me was when they, they tied him to that post. And you could see the, the smirk on the, on the mouths of those Roman, Roman soldiers. And they, they put him down and they started to flog him. And after they flogged him on his back, they turned him over. And they started to flog him even on the chest. This is horrific, but this is Jesus paying the price for something. And it is so important that we don't confuse and conflate this as Jesus just suffering in general. He was carrying our diseases. He was carrying our sicknesses. And by his flogging, by his stripes, we were healed. If you don't know whether it's God's will for you to be healed, look at Jesus being flogged and see what penalty, what payment he's willing to make in order to see you healed. In order to see you healed. The third principle, the work on the cross includes healing. Many times we look at the cross and we see our salvation from sin and we see eternal life in heaven. Psalm 103, we read it last week. It says, don't forget all the benefits of God who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. So the healing is tied together with the forgiveness of sins. It says, by his stripes we were healed. And this is what we read just now in Isaiah 53 and in Peter. By his stripes we were healed. He bore our diseases. He bore our infirmities for healing. And so the work on the cross includes healing. In the same way, 
with the same ease and passion that you're willing to receive forgiveness of sins and salvation. It should be the same way, the same ease and passion with which you receive your healing. It shouldn't be, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I, I, I feel like I'm guilty of that and that's why I'm not healed. You wouldn't have that issue if you were giving your life to Christ and receiving forgiveness of sins. Healing is free because Jesus has paid for it. Salvation is free because Jesus has paid for it. And so the work on the cross includes healing. The fourth principle is Jesus bore sickness so that we don't have to. So that we don't have to. He bore our sickness on the cross. And I must say this again. So that we don't have to. He took away our sins so that we don't have to live in sin. He bore our diseases so that we don't have to. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, the Apostle Paul says this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. And many times we see that word salvation there as eternal life in heaven, but that word is all-encompassing. It includes uh, salvation from sin, salvation from sickness, deliverance. Every aspect of salvation is hidden in the gospel and was atoned for by the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. There is no other payment that will deal with our sicknesses. There is no other payment that will deal with our deliverance. There is no other payment that will deal with any other aspect of our lives, which is a manifestation of the oppression which came because of Adam's sin. And so we must understand that Jesus bore sickness so that we don't have to. See the exchange, see the substitution. He took my place so that I could take his place. And therefore the life that I had, I gave to him, which wasn't any life at all. And the life that he had, I received into me. I'm reminded of a story that's told of a couple that um, took a trip from Europe uh, it was sort of the first cruise line from Europe through to the Americas. And what happened is they just scraped the money together in order to get that ticket. And so they didn't have any extra money to be able to spend anything on the cruise liner. And so they basically got on the ship, excited. Their friends were there to see them off. And then they spent the whole two weeks that they were going across the ocean to America. They spent basically in their cabin. And they brought along some dry bread and some rusts and some meat, and that was what they were eating. And so by the time they came to dock in, in America, um, one of the, the, the hosts asked them, so did you enjoy your trip? How did you enjoy all the restaurant food and all? And they said, no, we, we didn't eat any of the restaurant food. We just had the, the transportation. And they said, why not? No, we, we couldn't afford it, they said. We couldn't afford to buy any. And, and the host said, but all of that was included in the ticket. And just imagine what they missed out on. All the times that they ate some dry crust of bread while they could have been eating the most delicate, wonderful foods. And so it's the same with the gospel. Many times we cut it down and we basically relegate the work that Christ has done to just a little bit of forgiveness of sins, which is a massive deal. But we leave out things like healing. And I'm here to tell us today that Jesus paid for your healing. You need to enjoy 
a life of health. And so I want to just get to the fifth principle, number five. Accept the payment and enjoy the benefit. John chapter 3 verse 14. We talked about this last week. And this is where Jesus says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, the bronze snake, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. The, the snake was lifted up to bring healing to those who have been bitten by snakes. Just as Moses lifted up that snake, I'm lifting up Jesus to you today and saying, consider Jesus, consider his flogging, his stripes, his pain, his experience, in order that you may just look to Jesus and be healed. Accept the payment. Enjoy the benefit. Accept it. Accept it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's somebody listening. You struggle to receive because everything you pay for, you make your own way. But God wants you to experience great blessing. And he has paid the price for that. Now I want to pray for you. And it is important that, first of all, you understand that you must see Jesus carrying your diseases and your infirmities. See it in your mind's eye. See it. If you need to watch a, a movie, see it in your mind's eye. And see the pain and the torture that he endured. Give up your right to be sick and to be loaded with sickness. And thank Jesus for not only saving your soul, but healing your body. Father, I pray your healing over your people. I thank you that you're touching them today. And I thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for not only their forgiveness of sins, but for their healing. By the stripes of Christ, we were healed. And I thank you, Lord, that no demon or deacon will keep us from that reality and that truth. I pray for people right now who are struggling with sickness and disease. I thank you that they'll see that sickness and disease being placed on Jesus Christ. That they'll see Jesus being flogged, being beaten, being bruised, being wounded for their freedom. And that as they see Jesus being lifted up like the bronze snake, that they will begin to experience the healing in their body. I thank you, Lord, that you're touching us and that you're transforming our hearts and minds for your purpose. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you, if you've been touched during this time, if you've been healed during this time, we're trusting God that even as the word is going out, people will get healed. Please speak to us, contact the office, contact the, the details that you, you see on the screen and share your testimony with us. It will encourage somebody else. And I also want to encourage you to please subscribe to the channels and, and, and switch on the notification uh, button and also like them. And also please share these messages. Many times we might not be able to articulate these truths, but just sharing them is a way of reaching out to friends and family. We've heard testimonies now of people that are coming to Christ because of these messages that are going out. And so I really want to encourage you to partner with us. Share it on your Facebook page, sharing on your Instagram, sharing, forwarding it, and going on to, to make sure that the truth of God's word is shared. 
And may God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I trust that God is going to keep you safe. As as um, uh, Psalm 91 says, he will watch over you as you are under the shadow of his wing. That you, you will not be afraid, but that you'll continue to be encouraged in this time. May God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.